0: Let's go to the book of Romans chapter 1 and uh, I want to just talk to you tonight to get started here. I want to talk to you about faith. God told me a while back several months ago I want you to teach on faith in October for the lessons that I have at night. I am doing one session in the morning and uh, Pastor Jordan's taking the other session in the morning and these other gentlemen speak too but My night sessions, I'm dealing with faith, and I want to encourage you about your faith. It's important that you hear the same things again and again and again. Dr. Hagen, uh, Brother Kenneth E. Hagen, he said, you know, don't be ashamed to preach the same thing over and over and over again because most people don't have it just because they heard it once. That includes me and you, even the preachers and myself. I have to admit that. I mean, I heard it from Brother copeland in the beginning of my faith adventure and i really thought in in my heart in my head rather i thought that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard but down on the inside the lord dealt with me said stop and check your insides out michael i was in my car listening to him he wasn't in the car he was on a cassette and he was teaching about faith and i looked down inside of me and my spirit was going yeah 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 (laughs) My mind was going tilt, tilt, tilt. I'd never heard anything quite so controversial in my life <laughs> to me at that time. That's 40-some years ago, 43, 44, something like that, a long time back. Yeah. But I, I, because the Lord told me to look in my insides, I knew that something is being truthful here. He knew something I didn't know, and if I was going to get it, I was going to need to listen to him. So I just kept playing that same cassette over and over yeah. and over and over and over and when somebody would have put it aside to go to some new thing, I just listened to it again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again. Yeah. And, again. and all of a sudden, well, I can't tell you the day. I remember how I felt. All the tumblers lined up on the inside of me. Right. Yeah. Ever seen somebody that's in a movie? They're trying to open a safe, like the Italian job. And she's got a headset on. She's cranking it. Click, 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 click. Open. Get all the goodies. And I tell you, I just felt like that all the tumblers on the inside of me lined themselves up and I was in a new room in a new dimension because I was finally beginning to understand a little bit about faith, my faith. (laughs) And you need to make it personal. You know, I don't think anybody's in the fullness of this yet personally, but I believe that those of us are sincere, we need to continue to study that along those lines. And I've said this for many years. Some of you know me well. I've said, I don't go a day that I don't think about my faith. And now I've added, I always think about faith and healing. But uh, I've been thinking about faith a lot longer than even healing because I realize the importance of significance. There's three things that faith will do. Faith will please the Father. If that was the only reason we study it and talk about it and try to get our faith boosted up, which is what we're doing in this meeting, in the night meetings with me, Uh, is the fact that I can't please God without it. There's no way. I could just be just a perfect little angel or whatever, but I'm not going to impress God if I'm not living by faith. And faith is a lifestyle. It's not just one thing to get something, then turn it loose, and then go on until you come to the next emergency. That's what's wrong with a lot of people. Faith is a way of life. You need to be living by faith every day, every day. That means you need to find a project. I'm talking to all of you that you don't have before you came tonight and put your faith on it and start moving towards that, whatever that project would be, you know, to achieve that. So faith pleases the Father. Number two, faith gives you victory. Faith gives me victory. I can still walk in love, and faith does work by love, but love doesn't give me the victory. Faith gives me the victory. And then faith will make you whole. You don't just get healed, you be made whole. He starts working on your insides to get everything right, and when you get the inside right, the outside will just be right. I don't know, I've said this a lot of times, I don't know if people understand what I'm saying. I don't pray about a lot of things I used to pray about because I got it order, ordered out, and it's just functioning. And if things will function for you correctly, you can have it. You just have to tweak yourself a little bit. Hallelujah. Now, let me let me just give you a couple quotes, then we're going to read Romans 1 here. These I think these are all three from Brother Hagen, but they're such powerful. Faith will work in your heart with doubt in your head. I'm going to read the first part again. There's something I'm going to add this time. Faith will work in your heart with doubt in your head, but you just keep working it. See, because sometimes when you begin in a faith project, if it's really faith... You don't see anything evidence that's coming to pass when you start it, and you may not see any evidence for a season. Right, right. That's why you got to stay with it, yes, sir. and your head will fight you about it. Well, how could that be? How is God going to do this? What's He? But see, you're trying to. Then, you, if you're not careful, you get over in mental ascent, over in your head, and mental ascent fails. Right. Yes. You know, we're not. This is not Disney World. We haven't got any pixie dust and magic wands. Right. But if you have faith in your heart, and you'll stay with saying what you're believing, even though your head gives you fits momentarily, and eventually that'll smooth out for you. And then when it smooths out, you take another step of faith. You stretch yourself again. Now, if you don't want to be stretched, then you just need to go sit in the car because I'm not going to help you. But, you know, you that's the way I live, and I think about that. And especially, I'm almost almost—I'm 69-plus now. Another year I'll be 70. Eleven years will be 80. And if the Lord tarries, I plan to live a lot longer than that. And I'm thinking different than I thought. But I started thinking like this when I was 30 and 40. What I was going to do when I got older. Really, I'm not saying anything that I didn't say when I was 30. It's just some of you started listening. Some of you. (laughs) Yeah, Brother Summerall said that one time. When I was younger, I said the same thing as I'm saying now, but nobody's paid attention. I got to be 70, 80. People go, well, that's great. I was telling them that 40 years before, but they didn't get it. Now here's another thing. Hearing the word causes you to believe, but speaking the word causes you to receive. That's why more people believe than receive. To receive requires action. To believe doesn't. Pastor Scott Webb said that. It's a good quote. Good quote. People say, I believe, I believe. Yeah, but what, what kind of fruit do you have out of your believing? You, you see, you've got to receive it. You to receive. I mean, several times in the praise and worship, I just said to myself, I receive that. I receive that. I re- How do you? I just receive it by faith. Hallelujah. And then Brother Hagan said again, even when you don't feel spiritual, I love it. Even when you don't feel spiritual, your words of faith will work for you. Well, I've had that happen many a time. I didn't feel like saying nothing. Nothing that I should say, Everything I shouldn't have said. And man, the pressure was on me at times to say everything I wanted to say. And, and I, I've asked the Holy Ghost to help me the last 15 years. And I said, I'd like you to help warn me. I was on an airplane one time coming back from someplace in the world. And I still had another day to travel. And I'd been traveling two days on airplanes. It took me three days to get home. And man, I wanted to complain getting on that last airplane. I just want to say, man. And, you know, I, I had that thought, and the Holy Ghost went, uh-uh, uh don't do that. Right. And I just lifted my hand and said, Father, I'm just thrilled to be going home. Yeah. This has been wonderful. Amen. See, you've got to learn to live in faith. You know, another thing I do, I don't remember what time it is back here when I'm in another time zone. If you travel with me, don't do that to me. Because right. i have to rebuke you like I do her all the time. <laughs> Back home. I said, I'm not back home. I'm in, you know, I'm in California. I'm in Fiji Islands. I'm in Siberia. That's you. I'm back home. Yeah, I know. You're back home. Are you listening? He's right. No, that's one of the things the Lord helped teach me when I first started doing mission work. I said, after about three or four or five trips, I said, this is not working too good. Mm -hmm. I'm coming back feeling like I've been pulled through a knothole backwards. (laughs) And my family and everybody else doesn't want to be around me, and I don't particularly like being around me either. I'm grumpy. And he said, well, I'm, by the time you talk to me about it, and I said, well, I'm asking for your help. And he said, well, first of all, don't think what time it is back home. Just stay on the time you're in right then. Set your watch and live according to that. And just talk to your body and tell it to catch up or slow down, whatever it's supposed to do. One time I was in, I don't know if I was in Fiji or if I was in Siberia or... Uh, could have been Kuwait, I don't know, it was a whole day ahead from back here. That was Fiji, and I called Diane and I said, honey, I've been in tomorrow, It looks great. <laughs> That's a faith man. All right. Now, I want you to look at Romans 1 with me, verse 11 and 12. We haven't got to the meat of what I want to talk to you about yet, but we will. Verse 11, I'm doing a book on this. For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. Now this would say to me, this is a father talking to his children like I am tonight. I long to see you that I may impart unto you out of my spiritual endowment. And it's going to result in you getting established a little further. Then verse 12, that is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. So I'll use my faith to release what I have, and you use your faith to receive it, even in the teaching time. And the Amplified Bible says, I am yearning to see you that I may impart and share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen and establish you. You know, we're going to get some strength this week. You're going to get strengthened in your faith. You're going to get strengthened and established more. And then it says, That is that we may be mutually strengthened and encouraged and comforted by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Mm-hmm. See, I mean, even just, and it, I'm, not down, I'm not downgrading it when I want to say, even just Misty's testimony, yeah. I would have give anything as a young kid in a Southern Baptist church to have somebody get up and say oh, wow. yeah. what she just said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew God was bigger than most people made him, and finally I figured out that he was and how I could get into that. And Pastor Keith always says he was just looking for somebody to tell him God was that big from the front. In other words, a preacher. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But really, let me give you the passion translation of the same verses. Oh, I love this. For I long to impart to you some spiritual gift that will empower you to stand strong in your faith. Now, this means that when we come together, that's what we're doing tonight, we come together. And we are side by side. In other words, there's some level of agreement here. There should be. Nobody should be in strife or feel put out or put upon. We're all working together in this, aren't we? It says, it says and are side by side. Something wonderful will be released. What are you believing for? Something wonderful to be released. To who? To anybody who wants it. And I like to say this and I say this often now that I'm preaching, you know, continually on the road t- typically is that every service will be different. Yes, you know, just got to let the we got to let the man of God flow in what he has for a given season, a given time. So now let's go over to Romans chapter three here and look at a verse here. I'm going to talk to you tonight about the law of faith. See, faith is a law. And faith works just like it's supposed to work when you put it to work every single time. How many are listening to me? How many want to listen better? Okay. Yeah. Faith is a law. See, you know, gravity is a law. Thrust and and lift is another law that can overcome that. But, you know, if you turn the engines off an airplane, guess what? You're coming down either slowly or fastly, but you're not going to stay afloat. On the air, because you 've lost the strength of forward movement and the law of lift is diminishing because you don 't got any power, so we 're talking about the law of faith, though it is such a permanent law of god we 've got to master this and understand i don 't have to go back and, and I, I go back and read my bible don 't misunderstand, but i don 't have to go back and figure out what faith is every time I run into a challenge. Yes, sir, right? I just do what I did the last 1700 yes, sir. seventeen hundred times, maybe seventeen thousand times concerning all that I believe with you when I was pastoring. Yes. That's right. But I mean, the same thing, whether I'm facing a monetary, monetary thing, a physical thing, a mental thing, an emotional thing, I just put faith in, in play right away. I know how to do that, and I'm going to teach you how to if you're interested or teach you how to get beyond where you've been. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love that one song. I, I, you know, the, the dry season is over. Thank you, MC. I don't know who picked that or Jessica. That dry season's over for me. I'm refreshed. I'm redeemed. I'm in revival. I'm not sure about all of you, but I'm refreshed. I'm redeemed, and I'm in revival. It's just a personal thing. I made it my personal quest to stay full of God as I'm getting older and not just, just fall apart and act like everybody else that gets old. Come on. I, I, I may teach a little more about that later this week from Brother... Brother Copeland, again, I read an article he wrote several years ago when he got about 70. He started having some bodily issues. And he said, you know, I went back and did what Abraham did, called things that be not as though they were. And they started becoming that. And God said, the reason you're that way, you're not talking right. You're talking your symptoms. You're not talking faith. I like Brother Copeland's honesty to at least tell us that. You know, and you and I are not any better than him. We're all human beings, and there's a tendency with enough pressure on us to start talking the problem. That's the worst thing you can do. Talk the problem. It'll grow. It'll, it'll embrace you. It'll entwine you. It'll, you can't. You've can't, you got to answer things with truth. You've got to speak back to it. That's what I'm saying to all of us tonight. So I want to talk to you about this law called the law of faith. And Brother Hagin said right before he went home to heaven, continue to keep teaching faith hallelujah and I appreciate that now let me read it here in Romans 3 he's talking about redemption down through here which means deliverance from the curse of the law deliverance from sickness deliverance from spiritual death deliverance from poverty that's what redemption gives you plus everything else you need to be made whole I'm just condensing my thoughts but get down here to verse 27 where is boasting then it is excluded by what law of works no but by the law of faith Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified or made right with God by faith without the deeds of the law. Notice that the law of faith. There's not any boasting because it's God's law, but he just allows us to use it. Amen. That's right. You know, God uses the same law. Yes, yes, he, does. <laughs> he calls things that be not as though they were, too, and they become that. So laws are impartial. Listen to me. Void of emotions or feelings. Now, I don't know if you, you did probably know me back when I was so skittish, but, you know, I had a lot of issues in my life when I was a younger man, and I'd be on the mountain one day and then down in the valley the next, and three days down, then a day up, and then two weeks down, then a week up. And finally, you know, I mean, I had been saved for, I got saved in 71. This was 1978, and I'm in the sanctuary at Otisco at Community Tabernacle where I pastored for four years. And I was so sincere, and I was praying up around the altar, and I said, Jesus, I want to be just like you. He said, well, you're not. I thought he was going to encourage me. He said, well, you're not. (laughs) Yeah, he told me when I started this church, you weren't my first pick. But he must have knew I could get it done. He trusted me to go ahead anyway, and I didn't let that defeat me. So there must have been somebody else that should have done it for him, but didn't or tried and failed and quit, but I'm not a quitter. Anyway, back to my story. You know, Tisco, I said, I want to be just like you. And he said, well, Michael, if you're going to be like me, you're going to have to be the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you're not. You know what I said? I didn't start arguing. I said, I'm going to work on that, Father. That was 40 years ago, 1978. I've been working on that. I'm not the same man that prayed that prayer. I'm the same person that prayed it, but I'm a different person. And I learned to control my emotions and my feelings about things. I know you don't think I do, but really I do. And this is what I'm teaching. The laws are impartial. It works for anybody that will put it to work. And it's void of emotions and feelings. See, the law of faith, when you put it into motion, it doesn't have emotion or feeling with it. It's just the law. You know, like 2 and 2 is 4, it's a law. Yeah. 12 inches in a foot, or if you're metric, you do other things. But still, yet, it's those are laws that are unchangeable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so is the law of faith. And if well, you yeah. learn about faith, what I'm teaching you, and you'll put that law in operation every day on what? On anything you need to take care of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's go over to Jude real quick here. The book of Jude, a little book, one chapter. and verse 3, I'd like to read a verse to you out of the book of Jude. Way back by the book of Revelation. Jude, it's just one chapter, and verse 3 says, Jude 3, Beloved, I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Yeah. See, we should have been contending for that all through our life. Come on. Then what is the faith that was once delivered to the saints? I'm going to give you the answer. It's in 1 John 5. It says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes even our faith. And I'd like to say it more, even my personal faith or your personal faith. That was the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And you can see how far we've come by Misty's testimony. She didn't even mention the denomination, but I'm sure just like all the denominations, they have fallen so short and instead of having faith in the people and believing for supernatural things, they got dog and pony shows. They got plays, they got angels on a string coming down. And I'm not negating that if that helps you, but I'm just saying that's not the real way that we should be winning the loss. Yes, come on. Or put we're not, we're gonna put on a show, but let God put on a real show like healing somebody that had eight or nine diseases and God just wipes all that out in about 10 seconds. (laughs) You know, we've got to start believing for that. See, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Everything the world will throw at, faith is the victory to overcome that. All right. Okay, you still here? All right. The law of faith is not moved by your emotions or feelings, but if we line up with the law of faith, faith, we get results every time without fail every time without fail now you know when you're starting out and you don't maybe understand all that yet you might make a little mistake and you may not get it fully what you believe for but be thankful you got what you did get that was right but I'm telling you this law if you let the Lord work on you about this law and put it into motion every day I'm going to show you how to do that in just a second it'll work for you every time without fail It'll work on you to give you a sound mind. It'll work on you to get your money to you. It'll work on you to get, save your marriage. It'll work on you to help raise your children, correct? It'll work on you to help have the churches that God wants you to have. How to do all that by faith. All right. Let's go to Romans 10 again. Go back to Romans chapter 10. We're hanging out in Romans tonight. It's a good place to hang out. <laughs> and there may be some other verses in a minute, but... I want to look at something here that I think will help us a great deal. I'm going to say what I said again. If we line up with the law of faith, we get results every time without fail. Every time without fail. Just like if you had, if you had an unlimited bank account and you wanted to go buy something, you pay for it, baby. That's yours without fail. I don't care if it's a you know $50, 000, $50 million jet. If you got the money, go buy it, and it's yours. You can park it wherever you know you park it. And you see what I'm saying? It's not about the money. It's about, I'm just using that as an analogy. Faith works for everybody the same, and it works in every area the same. Yes, it does. That's good. That's a good statement. Okay. And so when we line up with this law of faith, we get results every time without fail. And this is the law of faith I'm going to read you right here in Romans 10, starting in verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, or close to you, that is, the word of faith which we, I'm sorry, I skipped a line. What saith it? the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach. So he's talking about the word of faith. And if he's talking about the word of faith, he's talking about faith being a law. And he tells us how to get it. It says it starts out in your mouth. You listen. It starts out in your mouth. It starts out in my mouth. And as I speak it, it gets into my heart. <laughs> you know, I wasn't trying to be cute saying, The Lord, we thank you that you're the strength of our life. I was making a confession. This is a confession I make daily anyway. Lord, you're the strength of my life. Psalm 27, 1 through 3. Even when my enemies and foes come up calling me to defeat me, they can't stand. Because you're the strength of my life, I won't be afraid. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. I like that song, Jessica, about not being afraid. That was wonderful. we got to get rid of things like that, rid of the fear, unbelief, and doubt. and Get over in the law of faith and put that law in motion and cause it to work correctly for us. So I'm showing you again, it says in your mouth and then in your heart. I like to equate it to what Jesus said. You know, He said, talks about the words. Um, Let's see, how does that go? Let me think here a minute. Hang on to that. Hang on to your Bible there a minute. Let me look and see if I can remember where that scripture is at. I think I want to say. I don't have it in my notes. That's why I'm looking. Uh, Praise God. Okay, I'm going to go back to Matthew 12. I think it might be there. Okay. Okay, it's back in Matthew 12 and verse uh, 34 and 35. O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. In other words, whatever's in your heart in abundance, that's what you'll say. Yeah, that's right. Now, I know that, and I hate to use a negative example, but they've got those little black boxes in airplanes, and when the plane's going down, sometimes the captain and the co-captain are cussing and screaming and hollering and acting a fool. Nobody's saying, Father, we thank you for safe landing. We thank you to live through this. Or... Yeah. See, because that's what was in their heart in abundance. Whatever's in your heart in abundance, when pressures come, that'll squirt out of you. Like, a, like uh, uh, what are we going to do now? Well, I don't know what you're going to do. I'm going to believe God. That's what I always say. I'm going to get on the other side of that. I mean, here sits my daughter. She called me one day on a Friday and said, Dad, I got a brain tumor. It's as big as a hardball. It's Friday at 6 o'clock, 7 at night. She said they want to take it out Monday at 6 o'clock in the morning. I said, well, we're going to get on the other side of this. That was my first reaction. We're going to get on the other side of this. In other words, you're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. That's
1: right. Amen.
0: Yeah. Come on. What do you do if you say something that doesn't happen? I just keep saying it. See, you're just waiting to fail so you can change it. That's not faith, that's unbelief, doubt, fear. What if it don't work? No, you can't think like that. The law of faith will work every time you put it to work with your faith. But I'm showing you how to how it gets in your mouth to your heart. Let me. I didn't get verse 35. I'm back in Matthew 12. I'm coming back to Romans. So, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. So now notice this. The good deposit, the word treasure should be deposit in the Greek. It is, I think. Is you, when you first start saying a thing, whatever the thing is you're saying, like by his stripes I'm healed, you're, there's no creative power in that yet. You're just depositing it into your heart. Amen. Amen. That's right. And then by saying it regularly and daily, it puts light on it. The word interest of his words giveth light on that seed. The seed is what? By his stripes I'm healed. Right. And the word talks is talking about the washing of water by the word. So when I say by his stripes I'm healed, maybe when I first say it, I'm not really established yet, but I'm putting the seed in my spirit, man, in my heart. But if I continue to say that, the light of God's word, as I say it again the next day, begins to shine on that seed, and the water it begins to be watered spiritually inside of me, and eventually it's going to break forth, like Jesus said, "Come first the blade, then the grass, then the mature grain in the grass, and then you put it in the sickle because the harvest has come." In other words, you got established. The thing you've been saying has come to pre- to fruition. But what I'm saying that to say is when you first say it, it's not with creative power. That's right. You're depositing. That's right. You're putting it in your heart. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But eventually, this is my point, if you stay with it. That's right. See, that's, I don't know. that. Somebody doesn't even like me said to me one time, I appreciate you, you stay with it. I said, yeah, just go on. Anyway, <laughs> I'm glad she doesn't come to church here anymore. But anyway, nonetheless, I'm... See, but eventually if you stay something long enough and you get all the light on it, it, become, it, when it comes out of you, someday it comes out with creative power. Yeah, come on. And then things change everything. That changes everything. Yeah. You know how many, how many years I've been saying if I cast, if, I, if you need help with the devil, I can cast it out of you and I, by God it's coming out. I don't care what kind of devil. It is. I don't care how many you got. I've been saying that for 35 years. I've trained myself to have faith in my own ministry of deliverance as well as other things that I've said over 35 years. When you start out, you make mistakes. I made some too, but I straightened myself up. And God helped me and gave me the correction. I corrected it and went on. I didn't throw it away. See, that's what happens with a lot of people. They start out and you get all excited. I'm teaching about faith. And then two weeks from now, you try it and it don't work. And you say, well, I thought Dr. Jacob said. No, I'm talking about what the Word says. The yes. Bible said faith is a law. And it'll work if you properly put it to work. But you gotta get it in your mouth. I mean, I gotta get it in my mouth. How about that? That makes more you gotta get it in your mouth. What word? The New Testament primarily. Get over in those letters. Now, now, so we say you deposit first, but then it comes out. Remember, a good man out of the good deposit comes good things. In other words, the creative power of God begins to work as you have that seed grows up and it comes out with force now. Yeah. It comes out with the God kind of faith now yeah. and that creates things. Yes, Amen. You remember that? Yes. Yes, <laughs> okay, let, let's go to Isaiah 57. Stay with Romans a minute, but I'm Isaiah 57. will show you something here. It's not in my notes, but I'm getting something by the Holy Ghost. Isaiah 57, verse 19. Are you getting anything out of this? This is just our first lesson. Verse 19, Isaiah 57. I create, God says, the fruit of the lips. I'd like to say, he creates the fruit of my lips. He will create it if I stay with it. And then he says, peace, peace to him that is far off and to him that is near, saith the Lord, and I will heal him. So I can tell immediately healing can come out of what I'm saying. But God says, I'm going to create the, the things that you say ongoingly. Yeah, that's good. That's right. And sometimes it, it's really bad when people get under pressure or they haven't been taught properly, and you find yourself saying things, and you would never even hear yourself say it. Yeah. Yes, come on. Yeah. Like I did one time. I got so fed up with the insurance people. Oh, I won't go down that trail with you roughly, but I'm telling you, oh, my gosh. And the bankers. And, uh, you know, and, and I was trying to get a re- loan on this whole property here, in the back building or something, and, and, man, I went to bank after bank, and they asked us for records, and Donna did all she could to give them the stuff they wanted, then they turned us down, and it just frustrated the something out of me. Yeah. Yeah. And I got so much pressure, and I'm sitting eating breakfast one day with my wife, and I made a comment about that. And she said, Michael. Well, she says Michael like that with a tone. I know I'm about to get in trouble. (laughs) And my response was, what? She said, what you just said. I live with you, honey, and you don't talk like that. You know, I said, what did I say? I didn't even hear myself saying it. I got under so much pressure, I was downgrading some things instead of using my faith to believe for somebody to take a hold with me and get me through that crunch but the pressure was intense, and it was like that. I don't know, where's Donna? Is she in here? I think it lasted two years. That pressure just sat on me for two years. And see, I wasn't, wasn't managing it very well. I just told you. And then I didn't even hear myself talking, doubt, fear, and unbelief. And Pastor Diana is smart enough. She said, I never hear you talk like that. What's wrong with you? What's up with that? What's up with that? <laughs> and you know, my first defense as a good husband was wanting to say something smart, I like back. But I knew she had me, and I knew I was wrong. And I just put my hands up, and I said, Father, forgive me. And then I looked at her, and I said, Honey, forgive me. That'll never come out of my mouth. And I released words right then. God's going to give me favor with somebody to take care of that. Within two weeks, it worked out. Two years, I've been struggling to try to get that accomplished. And I got so negative about it, I started talking negative and thinking negative and talking negative and thinking. And I was getting established over in unbelief in that one situation. He's talking here, but it's good talking. God says, I, I will create the fruit of your lips. That's good. See, God will stand with you, especially if you stay on his word. This is his integrity talking. Yeah, that's right. I'm just using my voice to utter it or declare it because it's important that we release what we believe in our faith with verbal communication. It's, important, it's critical that we speak right. Yes. Critical, vital a lot of people in heaven today that I'm sure they got there and they said, uh, you know, wow, I didn't have to die that young. I didn't have to die sick. I didn't have to be in that accident or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Are you listening to me? So let's go back to Romans 10 again for just a minute. Is that time on the back wall telling me how long I've been preaching? Okay, yes? Okay, just so I know. Back to Romans 10 with me for a second. We, we're not quite done, but we're getting there. We're still talking about this law of faith. Romans ten eight through 10. But what saith it, the word is close to you, even in your mouth and in your heart, and that is the word of faith which we preach. So he's talking about faith, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus shall believe in thine heart, that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart... Man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now that word salvation is interesting word. So he says, with the heart you believe, but with the mouth, with the mouth confession is made unto, and I say, resulting in salvation. But the word salvation, looked up in the Greek, it means healing, yep. deliverance, soundness, yep. preservation, wholeness. Hallelujah. So with my mouth, I am releasing healing, soundness. Preservation, wholeness, strength, deliverance, soundness. <laughs> See, but it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't happen if I didn't release it through the words of my mouth. Yes. That's right. I tell you, one of my favorite scriptures, it's in Peter. I'm just quoting it a minute. I'm kept by the power of God through my faith. He knows how to keep me. He knows to keep me intact. He knows how to keep me from the evil one. He knows how to keep me from injury. He knows how to keep me from accidents. He, accident. he knows how to keep me from sickness and disease. He knows how to preserve me, sound, and make me have a sound mind. You know, sometimes if I watch too much TV about what's going on in America, I want it, it want you to get weird so that I say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to believe God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So confession is made unto or confession results in your healing, your deliverance, your soundness, your preservation, your victory, if you'll say it. With the heart you can believe, but with the mouth you have to release words. You Remember? Hallelujah. That's part of acting on the Word of God, speaking the right words. Sometimes it's getting up out of a chair. Sometimes it's moving an arm that hadn't moved rightly. Oh, praise God. Now let's go back here to Mark 11. I figured you probably figured I was going to go there sometime. Mark 11, I'm reminded of Brother Hagan's comment one time. He went to a church in Texas, I think it was, and he would preached the same message there nine times on faith. And he got in his head and he thought, well, you know, they've heard me teach all this on faith. I'll pick something else. And he looked through his notes. He found something he said he thought smiled at him. But he got up to preach it, and he'd been preaching about 10 minutes. He said, I repent. I feel like a guy standing in the shower with socks on. Something's wrong. You know, if you wear socks, take a shower, there's probably something wrong. Yeah. Uh, and he said, let's turn to Mark eleven twenty-three. Yeah. And he went ahead and preached his faith message, and he said there was a guy in the, in the band area up there that played a violin that was an executive with an oil company, very smart man, a president of a company, you know, very wealthy. And he brought his Bible to Brother Hagin, and inside he said, this is the tenth time you've preached this message in this church, and I just got it. Praise wow. God. But he got it. What if he hadn't preached it? He wouldn't have probably got it. Sometimes we think we got it because we heard it two or three times. Or maybe we said under people like Brother Hagin, wonderful teacher. And there's others that are great teachers and preachers. You know that. But just saying, just flow with me here and listen to what I'm saying. It'll help you. The law of faith works completely and works without fail if you put it to work. It'll work. It'll work. It'll work. It'll work for you. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All the promises of God are yes and amen, but all the promises aren't yours until you claim it and you speak it. Right. it. Theoretically, they're yours. I mean, they're set aside for you, the blessing of the promises, but they're not coming to you if you don't call them. That's right. Isn't that right? You have to call things that be not as though they were for them to become that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at Mark 11 here, 23. Let me see what I got, 22 and 23. Uh, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God or have the God kind of faith or have the faith of God. You're talking about having the same kind of faith that God uses. For verily I say unto you that whosoever will say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, notice not his head, but not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, not things which he believeth. Right. You are believing, but you have to say it too. Yeah. But, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. That's right. That's right. <laughs> You're going to have whatever you say. Amen. Eventually. Eventually. That's why you've got to train yourself to be thinking in terms of what does the word say about this situation? Isn't that right? Whatever you call God to be for you, he'll be that for you. I call him my healer. I call him my deliverer. I call him my financier. I call him my supply. I call him whatever I need to call him. He's the soundness in my mind. He's the strength of my body. Yeah. The more you say it, the more you'll have it. The less you say it, the less you'll have it. And like Brother Hagin pointed out years ago, there's three sayings in that scripture and only one believing. Right. Saying it was mentioned three times versus believing it just mentioned once. So, like anybody with common sense, say so you've got to teach on the saying part three times as much as the believing part. Right. See, words <laughs> run this planet. Yep, right. Words And I know this for a fact because God told me about angels. I studied them for 35 years. Words, my words are the fuel they run on because I'm speaking his word. The demonic powers are ruled by words. I've cast the devil out of people in Siberia and Germany, uh, all over Latin America, and I just spoke in English and the devil knew what to do. He came out. Are you listening? See, words controlled that. By words, i pulled that thing out of that person. By words, I release the angels to minister to people. Hallelujah. The more you say it, the more you'll have it. Don't get tired of saying it. Saying what? Whatever it is you need to be saying. I would figure out what area I'm weak in and start bombarding, getting scriptures and write them down and then say those every day, several times a day. Hey, you're not going to overdose on it. Yes, sir. It's not fatal. It's not. It's good to do that. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. The more you say it, the more you'll have it. The less you say it, the less you'll have it. It's like a car, you know, and a gas pedal, and you speed a car up, and something breaks, and, and, and the engine shuts off, and guess what? Your momentum is bringing you to a stop. I had that BMW one time, and it was a fancy car. I mean, what I mean is electrically, technically, it was state of the art but the whole thing shut down on me one time on the freeway my power steering went out my brakes went out the engine stopped and i had to coast along and park it the whole thing shut it down the the system shut down didn't cooperate cooperate. so i had some momentum but i got to stop eventually and trying to pull that 740 45 without power steering is a job let me tell you yeah. We, but see now what I'm saying is see you can get going with momentum and then you think you're just gliding on momentum, but you gotta come right, back and start you. saying that again and again and again and again and again, and again, again and again and again and again and yeah, again. Yes sir. Sure. That's right. See, don't let that don't let your tank get low. Yeah, man, yeah, man. Good for you know, somebody you. said, Well he's running on fumes, that's a bad way to live running on fumes, because an emergency might happen and the fumes are consumed in two seconds and then you're you're in yeah, trouble. So build yourself up and Say those things you need to be saying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. Let me see what I want to talk to you about a little further here. Yeah. Your faith is not failing just because of what you feel. That's another important thing. My faith isn't failing just because of what I feel. You know, I had, I had pain in my side for many years, and I don't I still don't know why I didn't make my connection, but I didn't. But I learned to just forget about the way I felt about it and just go on and live yeah. in pain for a while. But I knew that I just knew I was going to come out the other side of that. Yeah. Yes, sir. Fourteen years later, I did. Yeah. Fourteen years, yeah. you know. And, man, I mean, you know, I don't know. I wanted to quit several times. Well, I almost went to heaven over it. God t- talked to me about it. He said, your faith's starting to get a hold of heaven. And you're just about there, Michael. You need to figure out what you're doing here because your thoughts are all focused in that way. And if you ever get a hold of that firmly, you're coming out of your body whether you want to or not at that point. And so, you know, and I, I made my mind up that I was going to stay, and I'm glad I stayed. I wouldn't even have Jordan. He wouldn't be here as far he was even conceived. You, faith is not your faith is not failing just because of what you feel. Or let me say it now. Faith your faith is not failing just because of what you see. Yes, sir. When I started teaching faith, I, I didn't have any nice clothes, I didn't have any nice shoes, I didn't have any nice Mom. ties, she didn't have anything nice either, except what our parents got us maybe yeah. to go in the I had one corduroy suit. And it took me six months to believe God for a pair of twenty nine ninety five dollars shoes at Tom McCann. I don't know if they're even in business now. $29.99 pair of shoes. I spend more than that at Starbucks every week. <laughs> yeah, I'm not teasing. I spend $34 today yeah. to get some other people some, some food, food, not just me. <laughs> but anyway, my point is, and 30 years later, I bought an airplane for $275,000. Same man, same faith. It yep. just grew up. Yep. It, it, it got expanded as I went. Yes. Right. Amen. It grew with me as I was growing. And you know, you ever make mistakes? Sure, I've told you some of them. You've got to stand up and say what you believe based on the word. Yep. You've got to stand up and say what the word says based on the word of God. This is what the word of God says. This is what I'm believing. This is what's going to be. It's going to be this way and no other way. It's going to be as I say. Some of you heard my story about my wife when she was trying to carry Jordan and all the problems we had, and I said, it'll be as I say. Now, I didn't i know I'd heard anybody say that before. It just came out of me because I was beginning to understand faith a little better by then. And I said, it'll be as I say. <laughs> you know, and don't, no contention with the devil, it'll be as I say. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. And it turned out that way. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Things can be, it takes time to do this. This is why I want to stop. Just maybe one more scripture in a minute, but it takes time sometimes to get established in these, especially if you're negative about something. Man, if you're negative about something, please don't talk about it. It'll just mushroom. And sometimes it'll cover up other areas of your life that weren't even affected because you just got turned negative. You know, I've heard people even say, you believe somebody say to me, I've heard all that faith stuff before. They're just blessed I'm sanctified or I'd them. I said to the person, I said, it's evident. You don't know what faith is. You call it stuff. The Bible calls it holy and precious. Your faith is holy and it's precious. And if you treat it right, it'll be precious to you. I haven't heard all that faith, and I don't call it stuff, but faith teaching yet. I'm still looking and endeavoring to get it in my heart better and to get enlarged in my faith walk and and, and believing to do greater things for God in the earth. Things can be released by you, but by you only sometimes. I know you think I could do it all for you, but I can't. Nobody can. I was going to read that, but I didn't bring it from Brother Hagin. A couple started listening to Brother Hagin on the radio. His wife was sick, and he wrote him and said, you know, we've been listening to you. We're st- we're praying If It's God's will that God would give us faith for her to be healed. And he he wrote him back and said, your prayer is unscriptural. You don't pray about faith. Faith comes by hearing. And he said they still didn't get it. So he talked to him a little further, and eventually they did get it and got it turned around. And I remember another situation. He was with a lady and a man, and the man did all the talking. He said, would you please be quiet? I'm talking to your wife. She's the one that needs the miracle, not you. I want to know if she's believing anything. He had to get strong with them because, you know, see, I know Betty thinks you're going to get Sue delivered. You drag her up to the altar for me, but Sue ain't going to get delivered because Betty wants her to. (laughs) All right. Things can be released by you, but in some cases it's going to have to be you personally, just you, 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 me. I got to say certain things myself to stay where I'm at and to move forward. Brandon's had a miracle in his life. We may have him share one time before the week's over. But he has to stay abreast of that. He has to stay in front of that. He has to conf- Same for Misty. she got to con- give, give her testimony of what God can do, what he did do, and what he has done, what he's going to do. See, you've got to continue to say that. <laughs> I've seen so many people that ended up being failures when they didn't have to. They came and got, got their marriages put back together under my ministry. They got... You know, all kinds of stuff I could tell you. And prayed for their kids to get out, all kinds of stuff. And then they just get offended over something silly I said and just walk away from all that. You know, that's not good thinking. And you're not going to find anybody that agrees just like you about everything. Just trust me. I'm smarter than you. You're not going to find that. I'm a spiritual father, but all these men, if we sat down and we dictated all the, every little thing we believed about everything, I guarantee we'd come up with a little old thing that's not worth diddly-do that maybe we see a little bit different. But that's no reason to break fellowship. That's right. Come on. <laughs> we, should good. That's right. we should be working together on the things we do agree on and we do embrace. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Things can't always be reversed by you just saying it once. You know, you've been, sometimes people come to the church and when I was pastoring and they, you know, their marriage is a mess, their finances are a mess, their way they talk is a mess, the way they live is a mess, their kids are undisciplined. Yes, and they want to come talk to me about counseling and why isn't it working? I said, well, how long have you been in, the, been in negative? 20 years. I said, well, why don't you give God at least that much? Hello. At least give Him a good solid year. Yeah. Give me two or four or five, five years, we can help you out, but I don't have any pixie dust. You've been talking that way, living that way negatively. You're, you're, you're sour on life. You're sour on the church. You don't ever do nothing to help me. You don't ever give in the offering that I can tell. And, and you wonder why nothing's working. It's working because you're sour. You're a sour purse. <laughs> you're negative. Just because you come and hear me talk positive doesn't make you positive unless you listen and do what I told you to do. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm, just, I'm not mad at anybody, but I've seen a lot of people I've seen a lot of people. I thought they were as committed as I was to stay with it, but they weren't. I'm still here and they're not. And unfortunately, I hear about some of their proceedings that happened when they left and what's happened to them. I I just have to pray, God bless them if you can. I'm not against them, any of them. You know what I'm saying when I say that? I'm not against people. Praise the Lord. Some things are going to take time and you can't just say something once and expect it to change instantly. Remember, say it, say it, say it. Let's go to book of Job 32. And anything good come out of Job. Yeah, sure can. Hallelujah. Praise God. Job 32:20 this is such a wonderful scripture and I have if I could say it correctly milked this thing quite a bit and got a lot from it in the book of Job you know I hunt out scripture sometimes like that and I find I say man that is really good uh, here it says I will speak Job 32 20 32:20 20. I will speak notice I will speak that I may be refreshed so I could speak refreshing over you and that's good. I'm in agreement with you if you're gonna say that. You know, as a leader and as a man of God, but you need to be saying, I I'm gonna speak and I'll be refreshed as I speak. Amen. That's good. I will answer. Doesn't he say that that later? I will answer. You gotta answer things that pop up around you sometimes. Gotta answer things. And another uh, translation, here's another one. Uh, in uh, Hebrew, this word refresh can mean enlarged. I will speak so that I can be enlarged. In other words, that you get bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. I want to enlarge my faith. I want to enlarge my faith for capacity. See, seven, eight years ago, I lifted my hand, private ceremony, just me and Jesus in my office talking. And I was doing teaching on finances at this church then. Talked about the tithes, offerings, taking care of your pastor, missions, etc., etc., etc. And then I found a verse over in Romans that said distributorship. You could be a distributor you, who, who gives liberally, I think, the King Jimmy says. But the real meaning is he's a distributor. He's come into a place where she, where she has so much finances, and she uses those finances to enhance the body of Christ. Now, this is not my tithe. This is under your business about my tithe, but I tithe on everything I have in every compartment. i got four different areas that I can tithe on. But with my aviation department, I've been able to sow into the body of Christ by, this, by, by Christmas this year over $150,000 to other ministers, other preachers, yeah. other buying land people, building buildings and stuff like that. And that's, uh, that money's already been tithed on. This is an over and above thing. Now, I just asked God to help me to do that. I was just by myself, wasn't trying to show out to you or anybody else. Still not trying to show out. I just said, Father, if you would bless me to that level, I will obey you. And I do. And what if I hadn't believed that somebody had been without 150 that's going towards the kingdom that could have been there because I did believe it. It took me five years to get into the more of the flow of that. In the last two years, we've been able to distribute a lot more. Just talking to you here. Here's another translation. I'm still in Job 32. I will speak that I may freely breathe. Nothing will bring relief but speech, the Jerusalem Bible says. Nothing will bring relief but speech. Man, that's rich, I think.